Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. In snowbound Takamashi, Japan, teenager Akio Sakurai took refuge in his home, escaping to another world with a pair of headphones and a pile of Led Zeppelin records. Moving to Tokyo, Akio worked as a kimono salesman by day, but by night he became Mr. Jimmy, adopting the guitar chops and persona of legendary guitarist Jimmy Page. For 30 years, Akio recreated vintage Zeppelin concerts note for note in small Tokyo clubs until the real Jimmy Page stopped by one night and Akio's life changed forever. Wonderful documentary film called Mr. Jimmy and we're joined today by the director, Peter Michael Dowd. Peter, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you so much for having me. First, congratulations on this wonderful documentary film, Mr. Jimmy. Personally, I am drawn to stories, narrative films, and documentary films that are focused on people who have a passion for something that they're willing to pursue at all costs. I've also spent a lot of time listening to Led Zeppelin. I am very familiar with their music. I grew up with their music. Tell me a little bit about how you got to know about Akio and what inspired you to make this film. For a moment, was thinking about making a documentary about tribute bands. And I went down a rabbit hole on, on YouTube and looked at all of them. And for any band that sold a record out there, there's somebody out there covering you and imitating you. And I had a really entertaining couple hours looking at Van Halen, Judas Priest, whatever it is. Uh, but after a while, I said, you know what? Ultimately, no offense to these uh, tribute acts. Most of them are simply not not great. They're, they're, and I didn't want to make a film where I was sort of taking the piss out of somebody, mocking somebody. And I really don't like to make a film about somebody unless I honestly have a love for it. And I, I'm enthusiastic about anyway what, what they're doing. Full, with all my heart. And then before I shut down my computer for the night, I saw a clip labeled Rain Song 1979 version. I'm a Led Zeppelin maniac. So I instantly thought 1979, Nebworth. Okay, push play. And there's a Keo. And what immediately struck me was obviously the double neck guitar, but more importantly to me, blue button down shirt, white linen pants, black loafers. Every accoutrement of jimmy page's outfit from the night and more importantly than that the way akio was playing was dead on to a 1979 not 1973 1975 19 you know it was the 1979 arrangement of the rain song with that tone and the mannerisms and the movement and and then I see a clip from, uh, it was a 1970 LA Forum recreation. Page had a beard at that point. Akio has a fake beard. He's a little more introverted with his body. The the He's using a high-watt amplifier, not a Marshall, because Page used a, a high-watt then. Um, 1975 recreation, Akio is donned the black dragon suit. 1977 recreation, the white dragon suit. Uh, but again, always mo the most important thing was the the playing, the the music. He really was capturing the not all, of course, but capturing some of the magic of Jimmy Page's playing and, and the tone. I just I, I think some of the best decisions in your life are when you absolutely don't think. And I just went to his website, 
which was like all in Japanese. And I just wrote without thinking, I don't know exact. I don't I have no idea what your story is, but I think it might be pretty great. And I think I might be the guy to tell it because I, I'm a Led Zeppelin maniac and I recognize all these details in your work. Would you consider someone making a documentary about you or, or at least beginning to talk about it? And his wife, Mrs. Jimmy, wrote back and said, you are a really lucky guy because Akio has just moved to Los Angeles to join Led Zepp again. So at that point, I thought, well, this is like fate. So um, let's go. And you're just to reinforce the point that you just made. It's one thing for someone to talk about seeing somebody live and, you know, and, but the fact is it's broken down. It's, it's, it's akin in some ways to the obsession people had with Dylan when he was, and these bootlegs started coming out, Mm -hmm. unauthorized bootlegs would come out and people could have done, or the Grateful Dead, I think maybe is even a better analogy of people who can pick out shows. They have their favorite shows, certain versions Dark Star, whatever it is, they're all into it, into a way, and that's. But that that barely begins to tell the story of Jim, Mr. Jimmy, uh, <laughs> in the sense of how truly dedicated he is to not only recreating the music but recreating the vibe and everything else. When you first met him, how mm. how did that? What was that first meeting like for you and him? The first first meeting. I think almost he wanted to show me because I think it was the proudest thing in, in his life. He said, may I show you a video I have of me performing when Jimmy Page came to the club to see me? And mm -hmm. I said, Can't show me. I said, oh, my God, please. And um, we sat there and for two plus hours, I watched him performing. It was this perfect angle. So, thank God it's Japan. Everyone had a camera and they had filmed it. I'm getting heart palpitations because I'm realizing how much Jimmy Page meant to to Akio. And in the video, you could see Jimmy Page is like 20 feet from him. And Akio is, I'm so nervous. And Akio yet uh, crushes it and does this incredible 26-minute version of Days Confused live. And uh, he was so proud of that because that and that night changed his life forever. And he, he just wanted to share that with me. And I was touched by that. And then I said, well, let's do it interview and please bring a guitar and just play your favorite jimmy page composition and he shows up and he performs the rain song and it's just so stirring and beautiful and it sounds like i'm inside the song somehow and he finished and i said um that is just so incredible and it's that song is in a distinctive jimmy page tuning it's very tricky to play i said how long did it take you to play that and he said, about 35 years. And I laughed just kind of instinctively. And he said, why are you laughing? I said, well, what do you mean 35 years? He goes, I listened to that recording and still. And he said, maybe I make one adjustment a year. I might change one finger position a, a year, one fretting position a year, or maybe one note a year. But I consider myself still a student of the song. Wow. And it's like, oh, because at first I thought, oh, is this just a curiosity or could, is this going to be like a short film or or how, how deep can we go with this? And in that moment when he said he's studying the song for 35 years and he's still considers himself a student, I thought, oh, this just might be a feature. And I guess I was right. So, yeah. And I want to underscore not only is this about Akio Sakurai. It's about his world. It's about his family. It's about his friends. It's about the people who follow him in the clubs, who followed him through his career. 
and also the journey here to America. I, I just it it's such a beautiful, full portrait of of his life. He seems like a somewhat guarded person. Maybe it's there's the, the language thing. He's not too much about talking about his history or his life too much. But it is all for him. It's all about what he's doing. And that's what seems to in, inform his life. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. It um, it took a long time to to build uh, trust. If I can identify with him some way, I think we're both workaholics. Work is really this this essential focus of our lives in some ways, maybe to a fault. So it it, it definitely took a while to build the trust so that later in the film, when he struggled, he would allow me to film that. And when I interviewed him on the couch late in the movie, when things weren't going so well for him, I know that was sort of painful for him to admit that at this point in time, he had no manager, he had no band, he had no gigs, he had nothing going for them. He had been in the States for at this point, like six, nine months without anything happening, having his previous band fallen apart. And he had to ponder the possibility of going back to Japan and becoming a salary man again, which he was really gutting him to just be a working stiff again when finally at age 50 for the first time in his life he had become a working musician and now it's like i might have to go back and become a salesman again we would never have gotten that interview or to that point of trust and intimacy to have a real moment like that if i hadn't been filming him for four years and also hanging out with him and not filming we spent plenty of times in a japanese onsen butt naked having a beer just uh talking about, oh, what do you think is the best show from the Outrider tour? Or what do you think is, the you know, <laughs> just uh, talking about Jimmy Page stuff and Zeppelin stuff and or whatever, just having a bowl of ramen. So, yeah, it, it took a while. I think um, men in general are guarded. Uh, Japanese men, I think, are extra guarded. And uh, yes, for sure. It was even tough when I finished the film. Uh, Mrs. Jimmy, who's very protective, was really Cons uh, I'll say concerned about showing his struggles. And I just had to say, I think that this is how people are going to really connect with him and love this guy is when they see that he's put it all on the line. And for a bit of time, it just is not working out. And he's he's not a rich guy who's just, uh, yeah, I'll just, uh, you know, he has to ponder getting a day job again. That to me makes it real. And I think that that is such an important part of telling his story is what just what you described. I also want to underscore that he is a phenomenal guitar player. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. 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 Go ahead. I mean, well, no, I mean that that that's what makes it the whole thing tick. I mean, yeah, you can have every freaking dragon costume, a dragon suit you want, but um, what Akio does is. Uh, art uh it's and it's not just the notes seven, seven million guys on youtube are playing the eruption solo every day but they're not Eddie Van halen and eight million guys are playing the stairway solo note for note but does it have any of the feel the balls the magic of jimmy page absolutely not what akio does is akin to what yo-yo ma does for bach um he's really capturing the magic of it and the magic with Jimmy Page does include the iconography, does include the stage presence, but at the absolute core of it is the music. And that is just everything from your, the fingers being number one, to the strings, to the, the pickup, to the amplifier, to the tube in the amplifier, to the capacitor in the amplifier, which amplifier, depending on which period of show. And the key again to all of us, if Jimmy Page hadn't stumbled into that club and 
Tokyo in 2012, Akio would have never had that catalyst to take the chance of, of leaving Tokyo and coming to the United States. And also Jimmy Page, I think, uh, having witnessed Akio firsthand when in that clip in the film, you see him, the first thing he does, it happens so quick, you almost like miss it or don't process it. Jimmy Page takes really quickly Akio's playing hand. And as soon as he walks up to me, kisses his playing hand. And the first words out of his mouth are the work, which I think is what it's all about. The yeah. work, the work that you put in is just unbelievable because Jimmy Page more than anyone on this planet realizes what it took to recreate a 26 minute days and confused note for note and not just note for note, but the years it took to figure out the tone of Jimmy Page, the tone of, and particularly 1973, Jimmy Page. Yeah. Uh, that's why Akio is special. All of that. It's uh, Jimmy Page is uh, a master in 360 degrees and Akio is trying to approximate that in 360 degrees. And just what you described that to Jimmy Page said to him is the ultimate thing he could have heard from him. And I think they both know that, right? They both had a recognition of just exactly how that meant, how, what that meant, how that landed. And I think so, some reviews have alluded to, you know, they get the the screener in, the, in their email or whatever it is. And, oh, this sounds kooky or like Kish. It's not it's something different. It, it's, it's, and I do think it's the introduction of a new category in a way of no one says to Yo-Yo Ma, hey, loser, write your own songs. It's like, um, okay, uh, you're playing, of course, he's playing Bach tonight. I'm going to pay to go to the LA Phil or whatever and uh, the Disney Center and see him play Bach. But everyone on a lot, many people online, ah, this loser, have him have him write his own songs. Well, he has written his own songs, and guess what? They sound a lot like Jimmy Page knockoffs. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the the reality is that um, this is the classical music of our time. It's great to hear it live when someone does it on this level. To me, I guess if you're having a pina colada bar side, uh, who knows where, at some beach, and there's some mediocre cover band in the background stumbling through Stairway to Heaven. I don't know if that's for me. Maybe that's its own pleasure, I suppose. But what Akio is doing is really proper. I think it's really an attempt to do justice to the music. And in particularly, the, the, the live universe of Led Zeppelin is really vast. And when you go see a Mr. Jimmy show, he reminds you of like, not only how great the music was, but how great it was live and how much it continued to evolve in a live context and um, the power of live music, period. And it gives you just a window into, man, what would it have been like if you, instead of flaking in 1972, went to the L.A. Forum and you witnessed the greatest rock and roll band that ever lived at their peak at the L.A. Forum in 1972, you would have had memories to last a lifetime. But instead... Who knows what you did that night? You know, you'll never remember. You'll never remember. But it was it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was multiple nights at the forum, right? Wasn't it? Or oh, was? Yeah. Well, I mean, they were huge in '73. Uh, yeah. I think I can't remember. They maybe did a three-night run at, at the forum. '73 and '72 might have been two nights. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's and that's documented in uh, that great live recording. You can listen to a show that you chose not to attend. Uh, in how the how the West was won, which is an amazing uh, recording uh, released by Zeppelin. If you if you want to know what you missed out on, <laughs> and if I just and maybe at the same time I can pour some salt in, in an, into yeah, an yeah. Oh, just while I'm while I'm listening to it. Yeah. We're speaking with Peter Michael Dowd. He's the director of this terrific documentary film called Mister Jimmy: Story of Akio Sakurai. 
And the film is in theaters right now. It's, it's globally, and it's been released through Abrama Rama and uh, in Los Angeles. I sounds I feel like you're in Los Angeles. Are you right now? Right? Okay. Where can we yes. see it in LA? Right, I'll put you on the so spot. It's playing at Man's Chinese starting uh, September fifteenth. A week run. The first three nights, Akio is going to be there in person with his Harmony Sovereign acoustic guitar, performing some ditties. So um, you can kind of get a twofer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> short, short set. If you're in the Bay Area, Akio is playing this Saturday night at Sweetwater Music Hall. And then the movie's playing a little bit around the Bay Area at uh, San Rafael Film Center on uh, Sunday, at the Elmwood in Berkeley on Monday, and up in Sebastopol on Tuesday. And then we begin the L.A. run on the 15th. But yeah, please come out and support this movie. It's a totally independent, crazy production by uh, me. And um, any support goes a really long way. But yeah, if you can come to the L.A. screenings, he'll play a little bit. He's also going to play a little bit at those Bay Area screenings. You know, you can hear that rendition of the rain song face to face, which um, I don't know what they charge for a ticket, but for 15 bucks, pretty good. Pretty good yes. The idea that he has hit on, and it is truer to the zeitgeist of Led Zeppelin, is that the live music, as you, you just described so well, the live music is the band. And I think for these cover bands who are who are basically live action jukeboxes more or less this is the way that who, people who love those bands would love to see these bands unless it was somebody who was just shitty yeah. <laughs> but i you know what i'm saying but i mean this is the, i think that idea alone is the 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 brilliance of that not just trying to replicate this these hits is locking into really the more humanizing part of a of a band's existence the more relatable part to a band's existence is just what this is well i think and also uh you know we're getting more and more into the virtual and uh, i mean we're doing this thing on uh, zoom which is you know totally great but so many people now are watching movies at home uh maybe experiencing they're not going out i feel like we're not going out as much and i think that um it's a tribute to the live the effervescence of one great night the effervescence of of jimmy page on fire on a stage you know in in 1972 um how how magical it is and how special it is and how unscripted it is when it's really live and it's really improvised and um yeah, and again, it all harkens back to the original band, how great these musicians were and how steadfast they were in their approach of not doing it the same every night. Yeah. John Bonham yeah. was John Bonham was a force of nature behind the drum kit. I mean, he was. Yeah, I mean, and I do think as yeah, as much as we, you know, Mr. Jimmy and Jimmy Page is, you know, the 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 architect um, at the same time in the, on stage in that context, it's about four master musicians. And uh, I mean, that rhythm section. Yeah. John Bonham, John Paul Jones. That's insane. And then the I don't know what you call the section that's just Bonham and Page, the 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 dynamic that they had each other pushing each other. And that's what's really fun about now seeing Akio play with Jason is um, I think in the uh, spoiler alert uh, that final <laughs> sequence of them playing since I've been loving you together. It's a wonderful dance between uh guitar and 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 drums two musicians on that level uh paying homage to this music one is the 
the literal father, Jason's literal father, and the other is sort of uh, Akio's inspirational father. Um, but they are both putting all absolutely, you know, all of their heart and soul into playing this music. And that's really fun. And that's what feeds the fire for people to to excel in what they do. Mm-hmm. It's just what you described. Well, congratulations on Mr. Jimmy. I will throw this out. I don't know how some filmmakers are uh, hot and cold on the idea, but it's 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. I, okay, I said it out loud. There it is, 100% <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. Now watch yeah. Yeah, tomorrow morning it'll be 98 or something. But anyway, and also it's like, a, I, it's like an Uber rating. I think it's 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 uh yeah, I want to keep it up there. I want to yeah, keep it yeah. as high as my um, Uber rating, which I think is a fire. You know, honestly, this film grabbed me like I wasn't sure. You know, almost every film I watch, well, let's see how this goes. But it grabs you right away. It pulls you right in. You've got you bring the music in, you bring the power of all that in right away. You feel like okay, I want to know what happens. And and that's how I felt watching well, this. I mean, I just, it's just, I really, uh, conscious choice or just the way, I, what turns me on is I did not want to have people sit there and tell you Led Zeppelin was great. Led Zeppelin's music is so great. And what this guy does is so great. Let's just open with two and a half minutes straight of Days and Confused. And either you're in or you're watching the wrong movie. But uh, I want you to experience the music uh in an immersive way and the music is the story the music is the vibe the music is the magic so that by the end when you get to the whiskey a go-go and you're so deep into this journey and he's recreating zeppelin's first ever 69 appearance at the same club and they dig into that two and a half minute how many more times epic guitar solo if you're in a theater watching that in 5.1 and you're not having some sort of sonic orgasm you're dead because it's wild and that's my goal, <laughs> Maybe to get, get everyone wow. off and that's it. But it's it's just to, to let the music uh, speak and let let the music immerse you in in some semblance of a way that seeing them live would. Well, well done. Peter Michael Dowd, the film is called Mr. Jimmy. It is going to be, as you mentioned, here in Los Angeles on the 15th. Look for this. And also at The Man, you said, right? The Dance Chinese on Hollywood Boulevard, yes, on the 15th, starting the 15th. And uh, go to Abramarama as well, website, all the stuff is there, they'll tell you. And uh, my congratulations to you and uh, all the best moving forward. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Music